hey, thanks. It's a one mic setup. And uh, guess what? We play all the music out of my laptop right next to the microphone. It's perfect. It's a real, I think it gives it a feeling you wouldn't have if you had an impressive setup with good equipment, with professionals involved. Sure. It has the fun conversational atmosphere. Of course, um, because we're not locked into something. Right, because we're not, there's not this ostentatiousness of like someone is there in another room pushing record. There's not these professional microphones. We're not wearing the cans and it gives it a different uh, air. That's my excuse. That's what I'll say if anybody uh, calls me on it, as they have every right to. But this is Podcats, the pod about cats. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan, and joining me today from Bucky, from Rumple Teaser, from current ex-boyfriend, Jess Morgan. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. I, You are giving this a stage that it doesn't necessarily deserve, but I appreciate that. I'm so excited. No, I'll talk about musicals all damn day. It's, I feel, as a uh, recovering theater geek, this is a great excuse to get all the musical theater nonsense out of my system sure. and, like... Uh, help my long-suffering girlfriend get through the day a little bit better by getting this all out in a different way. Exactly. Exercise it. Go go run it around the block. Yeah. And then come back inside. Yeah. It's like, you gotta let the dog off the leash sometimes. You gotta take your kids to the park, not because you like the park, but because you need your kids to take a nap at Exactly. Four. And that is what, this is the equivalent of trying to get your kids to take a nap. Our love for musicals is like an over-sugared four-year-old. And this is, we have discovered two um, Missouri uh, uh, originating big theater dorks. Um, You uh, went to Missouri State University. We both went to the Missouri Fine Arts Academy at different times. Yes, we did, which is pretty niche because I meet people from Missouri a lot. I do not find a lot of people who went to the Missouri Fine Arts Academy. So this is a big shout out to MOFA. Yeah, what's up? What's up, MOFA? Uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace. (laughs) I had too much invested in that tiny little arts program for Missouri kids. And it's like, uh, and it was my Sisyphean torture where I would try to push the boulder up the mountain every year and then the boulder would run me back over. And I don't think I'll ever fully emotionally recover from the loss of the Missouri Fine Arts Academy. It's this really cool camp every summer held at Missouri State University for kids in public schools around um, Missouri to apply to. And they accept... A decent amount, but it still has a little, like, a pretty, a, a prestigious feel to 150 it. 150 is, like, the cap. Yeah. And it went down, I think, in my time as low as, like, 80. Yeah. Um, because the, the funding changed, the numbers changed, and we can, I can talk all day about the yeah. way that these uh, governor's schools have been treated by the, the public education system. Yes, it is a governor's school. And it was a, it's a couple weeks in the summer, And I went back in the day, sounds like way before you went, but I applied for singing and I did not get in. But then there was a notice that was sent out and these were beautiful days when they were like, we need more kids. (laughs) Um, They were like, we don't have enough dancers. Our dance program is pretty low. So I applied as a dancer and I got in. And it was the best summer of my life because I'm from a very small farm town in Missouri and I got to go to big old Springfield and I got to feel like I was a college kid for three weeks. You got to go to Spring Vegas, their Bass Pro Shop. 
is huge. It's, a it's got like a pyramid and a wedding hall. Uh, Springfield is a beautiful, wonderful place. It is special. And I it, went to college there. Wow. So yeah. four years at the old MSU. Special place in my heart. I know a lot of MSU alums, but apparently none that you know. I think you're way younger than me is what we found out. <laughs> I I went to MOFA in 2010, if that gives you any ideas. Yeah, I was, uh, I was there in 2005. Okay. That's not that bad. Five, five years. years. What That's is five, five years. years between friends? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so tell me, what is your history if any, with the Broadway musical Cats. With the Broadway smash, they call Cats. So my relationship with the Broadway musical Cats started in, I believe, 2016. Okay. <laughs> so the year of the revival. Ah. Uh-huh. So the Cats came back from the dead when for Cops, their second life. For their second life on Broadway. <laughs> on Broadway. And I, I went with my best friend, Jackson, on a lark, on a whim, because I have I have a lot of deep relationships with many musicals. Cats was never one of them. Mm-hmm. I never invested in it. I really am of the narrative structure, and I was told this is based on poems, and I was like, that does not sound narrative enough for my taste. <laughs> so I never got into it, and then I sat back, and the curtain opened on Wow, 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 a roller coaster, and I... Started confused, and I left confused, but so happy. <laughs> that is, I think, the the ideal cat's experience is sort of always being a little lost as to what's happening. Because mm-hmm. if you figure it out, you discover that, oh, nothing was actually happening. Yes, I felt like I'm not one who does a ton of recreational drugs, but I felt like that would be the environment to do it in because I just had to like let go of my senses and stop trying to make anything make sense and just loosen my need for logic. And I just really enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. I, we, we have uh, theorized that the ideal way to experience the upcoming Cats movie is to perfectly time an acid drop. Now I've never done acid, nor but I would Maybe be t- this is the one time in my life you could possibly convince me to do acid. Sure. Cops, stop listening. This is podcast. You turn is it not off for you. This is not pod cops or cop cats. That's oh, a but what show. fun! Oh, they're wearing little hats and they have a little badge. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so this is not. So, what are the musicals that you do have like an intimate? Like, if I didn't stop you, this show could quickly become about those children of eden children of i've i'm not familiar oh my god do go on children of eden is a late 80s schwartz bop and it is the it is genesis of the bible so i know wild act one is adam and eve and their exile from the garden and then act two is noah and the ark and huh. it seems so corny, but the music is so beautiful. I guarantee you, you've heard one or two songs from this. Challenge accepted. Okay, I have Spotify open in front of she us. She may not pop up on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, oh, it, yep, it, it, that's it, uh, the cast cover. Children of Eden highlights. Okay. So, uh, so lost in the beauty. <laughs> You so know. Spotify has darkened out most of this, like, 20-some-odd songs. You know that number. Lost in the Wilderness? Challenge accepted. Are you a tenor? I'm a baritone. Then maybe you don't. Every tenor knows this song. Every tenor. I'm listening. I never made this world. 
I didn't even lose it. And I know no one said it was fair. But they had a garden once. They had the chance to this Noah? They gave it away. This is Cain. That's so wow. Adam and Eve have Cain and Abel. Yeah. This is Cain saying that we're lost because of them. It's their fault. Wow. Very ones. It's got some good up notes. Yeah. The the musical theater standards that I was given in choir for like contests and stuff like that was were from like Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. Or like Big River, the Huckleberry Finn musical. I did Jekyll and Hyde at the Vandevort Theater, which I don't know if that was existing in Springfield. Springfield Contemporary Theater, said ring a bell. Uh, one a of the little bit. one of the theaters in Springfield. I did Jekyll and Hyde, in, so the, I have a lovely relationship with that show too. The the Springfield Musical Theater that I've taken in is a hundred percent Tent Theater, which takes place on tent. the. You did Tent. I did three seasons of Tent. Two seasons of Tent. I did two. Se- so, which brings me to my next musical that I know intimately. What do you? What is this? He's giving me. I'm thinking. I'm trying to line the timeline up. When were these tent seats? Probably when you were in school. Uh, yes, I did okay. tent twenty two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine. Damn, would have missed it. I was just. I was hoping for another weird, strange bit of serendipity. Sure. That I had seen you in like twenty fifth annual Putnam County Spelling Bee or something like that. Yes. Ah, oh, no. Our serendipity stops just short. What year did you see that? Uh, 2010. My arch nemesis was in that production. Oh. I won't name names, but she's a bitch, and I hate her. <laughs> um, there you go! Give us a character name. What? Who Who did they play? And then All sleuths, them? clever sleuths, can do Olive? their digging and discover and stir up some shit. Olive? Is that a character? Ah, uh, oh boy. I really just know him by sight. I don't know why I'd asked you. I'm the like, character? yeah, the Boy Scout one, the... Yeah. The one who sings mama, 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 that one. Okay, so you, you clever, you clever folks out there on the internet who want to we stir don't up communicate some shit anymore. It's with fine. Jess Morgan. It's fine. Um, I was there for Cyrano. I was in the ensemble of Cyrano when I was there, and I did "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown," and then I went on to do a "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown" three more times. So that is a musical that has been beaten into my system. Every. Everybody has their turn at You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And some people feel punished and do it many times. Not punished. (laughs) Every time I did it, it was such a fun time because it's it's not easy. I don't want to say it's easy, but it's so pleasant. It's such a pleasant production. And so every time I did it in a summer stock setting, it wasn't like I had to dig deep to find Lucy so we could like all have fun, do that, and then like go drink at night. Oh, are you telling me that Cass drink at night? Yes, after shows they do. My God, can you believe it? That's revelatory news. Something that I think the listeners should know is that tent theater is a tent outside. A literal tent outside. In southern Missouri in the summer. In the middle of the summer. And they do have air conditioning on sometimes, like over intermission and like before the show. But while they're putting on these productions, they can't just be cranking that AC. Yeah. So you are all together sweltering, using your playbills as a fan oh in gosh. the classic like, fashion. Yeah. Um, and maybe you dressed up a little bit to go to the theater, and then you horribly regret it. Because you're sweating you're so sweating hard. in your black slacks. Tent Theater, a beautiful institution in its own special 
way. Exactly. This is a very Inside Missouri podcast, and I, I hope appreciate you all enjoy it. I love that. And the fact that, I, I mean, so far, this is, you're just speaking my language. How many times have you listened to a show, have you watched a TV show, and you've had to sit through... L.A. conversations, people yeah. talking about super specific L.A. streets and and avenues or New York, God help us, all the shows, I love Broad City, but then they get into these conversations that I don't understand and I live here. Yes. I think the world needs more eerily specific conversations about its our own little corners of this great tapestry we call America. Absolutely. Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> Yes, we are bringing the Springfield, Missouri flavor here today. So, Children of Eden is one. Do you have another? Um, oh, I have many. Um, like, if we're digging into, like, the deep, deep cuts, we got some uh, first act of Sound of Music. First act specifically. 100%. So before the Nazi Nazis. stuff. Before the Nazis. like the Nazi I'm not saying stuff. I don't like it. I'm saying that this is, so I was so obsessed with the sound of music mm-hmm. that, uh, that I would go to the library, the Chillicothe Public Library, and I would rent the cassette set. Or the, not the cassette, the, um, the VHS set. And I would bring it home mm-hmm. and I would watch the VHSs over and over and over again. And then once it was time to check it back into the library, I would take it back, check it in, and then take it back out immediately. So they <laughs> Walk around the library for 30 minutes, come back and grab it again. And I was five. And they Damn. just gave it to me. Sure, <laughs> they were like, what just are you going to say? It. She's helpless. Mm-hmm. And so I was... The first VHS was my was my jam, because the second VHS was A, less interesting, and I didn't know what Nazis were, but it just got dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you like the first VHS. You're not a big fan of the second. Although Correct. I think I have the movie soundtrack here. That's and of fine. course, we all know that they changed a ton of stuff from the stage version. My character, Uncle Max, both of his songs are cut from the movie. Whoa. He has two songs in the show. I don't know if I've ever seen the stage version. Wow. I was I did a high school production. I could say I was in Sound of Music. I did a high school production of Sound of Music You're where I was where I was uh, Uncle Max because I was always the largest Funny supporting character. Sure. Although, if you're Sound of Music, Uncle Max, you do have to do several scenes where you advocate, like, maybe we should join the Nazis. Yes. Like, I'm just saying... Uh, Christopher Plummer, maybe we should join the Nazis. And, it's, and the worst part about it is that it's not even like, I believe in this. It's like, it would be less work if We'd we did. It would be so convenient to join the Nazis. They wouldn't be knocking on our door all the time. Your daughter wouldn't feel tempted to date one if we became one. You know, it's less it's less rebellious exactly. for little Liesl. Oh, Liesl, she was my girl. That dress. My grandmother oh. sewed, and I asked her to make me the dress that she wears when she's doing 16 going on 17. And she did, and it was gorgeous, and it was beautiful. And I used to run around the backyard singing that song, and in that dress, it was heaven. She was so beautiful. I just wanted to be a teenager. It was such a good, oh, what a good And then you role. became a teenager, and then you say, why did I wish on this monkey's paws so hard? <laughs> and then all I would listen to is the last five years. Over and over. Oh, man. And over again. And Wicked. Wicked in the last five years were when I was driving the half an hour from my little tiny farmhouse to the public school. I, truly a very long journey. Uh, that's what you get for living in the middle of nowhere. 100%. I would rotate between the two of those, and my car was my practice room, and that was sacred. That was me and Mumford and Sons CDs for a while. 
And then it was Lonely Island CDs for a while. Sure. And then I got the Hamilton set. And that was just it for like a year. Same. <laughs> to and from work at Starbucks at 4.30 in the morning. Just crank it. The only thing that pumped me up and got me through the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hit that one really hard too. I chewed all the flavor out of it. I mean, it still has flavor. But sure. we had to take the gun out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, we had to, I, I've had to take a break. Now I also do a Patreon exclusive podcast where I talk about Hamilton minute by minute and we've been doing that for a couple of years. Wow. So that's the only Hamilton I've had in a few years. Okay. Well, that's a good rationing. It's a good way to wean yourself off the stuff. He said tapping his, his veins like a junkie. Um, it was a, it's a good, like, oh, we're not going cold turkey because sure. I'd have to chain myself to the radiator. So sure. instead we are gradually weaning ourselves off. It's the methadone of musical theater podcasts. Absolutely. That's a very smart and healthy thing for you to do. Thank you. It seems, uh, I'm very well adjusted. You can ask anyone. <laughs> uh, great. I don't have to play sound of music for anybody. I feel like anybody listening to this is familiar. We just all are familiar with sound of music. Like yeah. it's entered the public consciousness. Another one that I was very obsessed with that I feel like you should play because it's just on my heart recently. We gotta get some title of show if they have it up here. What? Title of show? Title of show? You don't know title of show? I'm afraid I don't. Four friends writing a a musical about four friends writing a musical about four friends writing a musical? Oh boy, that is uh, some theater school nonsense. Die Die Vampire Vampire Die. That's the big one. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's a big one but it's my favorite. That's your big September song. Music or dancing sparkly dances is easy for them. Nothing interferes with their ability to create. While I celebrate their creative freedom, a little part of me wants to punch those motherfuckers in the teeth. This song, I sing this song for you guys and for all the rest of us. Help me out, y'all. We'll sing back up. You have a story to tell, a novel you keep in a drawer. We love. We love. It's we very st- meta, and it's very inside baseball. Right, because every so- every song is called like the Tony Award song, um, because you got to put that in your show, or nobody's going to win them awards. What kind of girl is she? No, I'm I am playing me. I am playing me. <laughs> uh, untitled opening number. Yes. An original musical. Yes. Um, I forgot to talk about the last five years because you brought up the last five years. I love it so much. I remember starting it one day and just going, nope, can't do this today. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) That first song is a wrecker. It is. And the movie does a really good job of it as well. It's just like this horrible, like Anna Kendrick alone in a broken home. I had a really hard time watching that movie. Uh, Ah, go on. It felt like I walked in on my parents having sex. It like felt too intimate. Well, your parents do have sex in the movie. They are credited that. (laughs) Yeah, they're credited for that. It felt like watching something I shouldn't be watching that's too intimate and too personal and too corny. Like, I love the stage version and I love the soundtrack so much, but that movie was hot garbage to me. The song, that first song, kills me. Um, The Shmuel song is my favorite song. Uh. I love a a good song that just bops us out for a minute and it's just about something else. It's not a weird story-heavy song, so if you're in Les Mis, you're like, master of the house, take me away. Yes, like, I need a break. I need a break. Bring me out. And that is exactly the, the Schmuel song. And, well, that is uh, Cats the musical. <laughs> the <laughs> entire is, thing. It's almost entirely bop-outs. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Speaking of which, yeah. dare we? 
We shall. For the song that you have seen. Now, you you didn't have the full pick of the litter because we, we a lot of songs had been taken at this point. And I didn't need a full pick, did I? No, you didn't. You you very quickly, and I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of like, you know, given like the last meat on the chicken bones over here. But you were like, Old Deuteronomy or Skimble Shanks. <laughs> and I have to like kill one of my children and throw them off the side of this cliff. Um and I it's the end of Spider-Man 1. Exactly. I'm dangling them both off the side of the bridge. Old Deuteronomy and Skimbleshanks, and who am I going to toss? And you ended up with Skimbleshanks, colon, the railway cat. Now, what's your decision-making process? Explain yourself to me. So, I made the decision fully based on the fact that it is Virgo season right now. We are fully in Virgo season. Okay. I'm a Virgo, okay. and I firmly believe that Skimbleshanks is a Virgo. You now do you did did T. S. Eliot provide any lore notes that help you onto this, or is it just the personality that comes It's the out? personality and the lyrics. I went on those alone. That's all I really needed. Okay. And we love. And we love. And now let's let's begin our slow journey into Skimbleshanks. Now, spoilers. There are two kinds of songs in cats. Yes. Total bops and unlistenable crap. Yeah. This is a bop. We love a bop. Everyone back the fuck up. This song takes off like a freight train. A little Christmas in there, wouldn't you say? Yes! Oddly. Now that brings up... I know we got three Three seconds seconds into the song. But you you bring up something I was thinking about on Cats today. And I've not done an analytical study of this. I've not rap genius to this. But I feel like Cats somehow incorporates every form of music that existed before 1981. Oh, fascinating. It wraps it all in there. You have public domain stuff, like when they sing For He's a Jolly Good Fellow. Mm -hmm. You have this weird sort of... Uh, uh, Nat King Cole Christmas Standard kind of feel. Mm-hmm. You have 80s rock before it existed with Rum Tum Tugger. Yes. You have, of course, grand musical theater ballads. There is there is every... Old Deuteronomy is like a sad country song. Deuteronomy. My favorite, when they just bring it out in the middle of a scene, it feels like. They just pop it in because he walks on stage. And then he's like, hi, goodbye. They do the same thing with McCavity. There are two characters that get that treatment. Uh, it's Old Deuteronomy and McCavity. Okay, so beyond the first eight seconds. Christmas. Eventually? So here's what I appreciate about this song. From having covered most of the Cats catalog at this point, is that too many Cats songs spend two full minutes getting us to the point of the song. If you listen to uh, Gus the Theater Cat, we've got two minutes of preamble before we figure out that guy's whole deal. Very un-Virgo. Very <laughs> Virgo. I, I, now I'm guessing here. I'm okay, not an astrology guy. But a Virgo is going to kick down the door and you instantly know what a Virgo. Like, you instantly know who they are. You have a good bead on their whole deal. They have a plan. Okay. They like order. Sure. They like structure. Yes. They like to be leaders. Maybe they don't take feedback so well. <laughs> but they give feedback very well. 
And I feel like Skimble Shanks really represents all of the qualities that I like about being a Virgo, which is just keeping things running and having an overarching plan for everything, seeing the macro. And that's how I feel about that. Because we are 30 seconds in. I feel like I get this cat's whole deal. They, they're the railway cat. The train does not take off without, without Skimble Shanks. They are a good luck charm. They keep the rats at bay. Mm-hmm. They're they're this arbiter of good train fortune. Exactly. A mythical being that helps the trains run on time, much like our friend Stalin. All the gods and all the porters and the station master's daughters would be searching. I am Paul, saying Skimble, where is Skimble? For unless he's very nimble, then the night mail just... Now tell me, are Virgos known for being punctual? They are. That is the one un-Virgo thing about this. Okay, so this is where Skimble Shanks is deviating from the norm. Because we've been waiting for 20 minutes for this cat to show up so we can start this freaking train. Exactly. Um, the only thing that I can, if I can dig in a little, is that it was all a part of his plan. Oh. It was always a part. It just, because the rail, the railway workers' daughters, they're looking for him. Like, Skimble Shanks knows that it's not going to happen without him. And sure, are we emotional when we're late places? Yes, we are. But if we know that it's the plan to be late then we feel a little bit more like we have control. So Skimbleshanks was not neglectful. This was always Skimbleshanks' intent to show up late for the train. I think we hear that in Skimbleshanks' voice when he's talking about what he was busy in the luggage cart. Like, he's like, we all knew where I was. (laughs) I was doing my thing. The Skimbleshanks thing over here. Exactly. I knew where I was, just because you didn't know. Exactly. I also don't... I, I also, like... I, am, I hesitate to put too much Virgo characteristics on any cat because they, in general, are very un-Virgo-like. But Skimbleshanks really just hits it in for me. I especially feel like in the second and third first when he's, like, making sure that everything's orderly, checking in on people, making sure they're in the proper car, like, everybody's having fun, we're all having a good time. We've got it. <laughs> I have I have to say I have to say the most Virgo like thing that is said it is the 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 cue here is he establishes control with a regular patrol. Come on. That is some that is some Virgo shit right there. He's living his own magic. He is in control and he likes right he likes schedule and he's got his thing going on. We love it. And you were about to say something. I was I was caught a little off guard, and I don't have the lyrics in front of me. But the cat 
saw what you were thinking. The cat sort of read your mind. Is he a mischief-monitoring cat? Well, I mean, what is the base reality here? Like, what is the actual reality of what any of these cats are capable of? Right. I mean, there there seemed there are no. They're all mad. Hard and fast rules. Okay. Okay, I've got it. Okay. He would watch you without winking, and he saw what you were thinking, and it's certain that he didn't approve. The thought police skimble shanks. Okay. Of hilarity and riot, so that folk were very quiet when skimble was about and on the move. So, he just doesn't want a big fuss on his train. Sure, we gotta make sure the trains run, we're all in this together, we're all stuck on this train. It's just like when we're on the subway and somebody's listening to their music without their headphones on. Skibbleshanks would be brave enough to say, hey, we're all in this together, let's respect each other and let's be quiet. Okay, Skibbleshanks the subway cat? (laughs) Skibbleshanks the subway! I think the time to capitalize on this, if you have contacts with Funny or Die, you know, like, December 21st after Cats comes out, or maybe like the Monday after it comes out, Skimbleshanks the Subway Cat is a sketch. Yes. Once we are all familiar enough with who that is to base a form of comedy on it. Do we have to be? I guess not. I guess I do like a really specific esoteric sketch that is for no one. I write them myself. There you go. Um, but, oh my god, I'm... The visions are taking me away. Skimbleshanks going around to everyone playing phone games with the sound on on the train and swatting it right out of there, Mm -hmm. making you turn it down. Mm -hmm. God help you. There is no showtime on Skimbleshanks' train. And you know how when the train enters a station, the conductor has to point at the white and black stripes? Do you know about this? No. So every time a train enters a station, there's a, a bar that has white and black stripes on it. And it's near where their conductor is, and uh-huh. they have to point at it. And it's just, it's a, like a test to prove that that they're like lucid and they're paying attention, they're doing their job. Huh. So instead of that, it's Skimbleshanks glowing green eyes, like in the beginning, because the train doesn't go unless his gl- green eyes blink at the beginning of the song. Wow. So that's that was me a long way around a joke. That was the long way around a beat on this sketch. Well, we're learning a lot. Yeah, we need to figure, we need to like figure, we need to increase the, pl- keep playing the game here of Skimbleshanks the Subway Cat. Um, I think there's a lot there. Skimbleshanks. Funky guitar. How could you not? How could you not? Do you Grand Budapest Hotel at all? Are you known to Grand Budapest Hotel? I don't know what that means. The the film I Grand have Budapest seen. Hotel. Yes. Okay, because I'm starting to get some real Ray Fines Grand Budapest Hotel Monsieur Gustave H energy. 
from Skimbleshanks. Yes, and that I think I remember that, and that does feel accurate. The a the, porter or like a steward, mm-hmm. that kind of a quality I feel like gets us some gets us far. The the guy who's running the show, mm-hmm. um, the 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 sort of fuddy duddy, every hair in place, no one doing anything they're not supposed to be here, pressed and cleaned, and all of the above. Yes, um, and every space you go in, not just a hotel, not just a train run by Skimble Shanks. Should have a person like this. Yes. Every church has a person like this. Every hotel. Every hotel has a person like this. Many schools. Yes. I think uh, a Skimbleshanks is more of an archetype than a character. I agree. And he exists among us all. Another beat in our uh, Skimble Shanks the Subway Cat sketch. Uh, we won't be bothered by mice. Yes. There's something there. Yeah, there's. we won't be bothered by rat kings that work their way onto the subway. We won't. Right? Heighten yeah. it. Really just uh, add to the energy. Okay, so he's like a fuddy-duddy rule follower, but he likes to have a little fun. I think it's important to establish that there are working hours and that there are pleasure hours. And just because you're the railway cat and you're there all the time doesn't mean you can't, like, tap out for a second and have a scotch. You, you know, Skimbleshanks is the railway cat is not union, right? So there's no union-mandated breaks. There's no, there's no built-in ebbs and flows to the work day where you can take a minute, take an hour, read a book, you know, completely decompress, unplug the phone. That's not built into Skimbleshanks' work day. It's really a small collected series of moments throughout the railway ride. And in order for Skimbleshanks to be as good at his job as he is, he needs a moment to, like, separate himself and say, like, I need to decompress. I need time for me. I need to Skimbleshank. And then I'm going to be ready. I need to shank that skimble. I need to shank my skimble and then I will be ready to go and I will be making sure that the porter asks if you want your tea weak or strong because he's like, there, I'll remind you. It's like, so they, this is the person and let's call them mm, Kevin Lanigan who will prepare to take like a five minute non-smoke break just to like depart from the building for a minute. And it's like, all right, I'm going to be back in a second, you know, Monitor these orders. Uh, make sure that this is good. We need more of this. I'm just thinking of my Starbucks time in in particular. It's mm-hmm. like, we need a new brew on this, you know, uh, pill that machine, and I'll be back in 10 minutes. And it's, you set yourself up for success while allowing yourself to have a little bit of a break. Exactly. Exactly. You must. You must. And now I'm corporate, so I get one hour for lunch, no other mandated breaks, but we all sneak away to the bathroom. You have to sneak. We have to sneak But Skimbleshanks would never. Skimbleshanks would never. If there was an hour that was actually mandated, 
Skimble Shanks would take that hour and not a moment more. And that's impressive. Because I'm always trying to sneak minutes. Me too. You I know, hither and yon, here and there. Here and there. Here and there. They were fast asleep and crew, and so they never knew that I was walking up and down the station. They were sleeping all the while I was busy at Carla, where I met the station master with elation. <laughs> they might see me at a breeze if I summoned the bodies, if there was anything they ought to know about. When they got to Drum fill? Yeah. I feel like this song lives in a lot of people's register that is like their like loudest singing voice. And I I appreciate I don't love, but <laughs> it is like right in like the pingiest register for people but it's also very like it has the rhythm of oh i don't know a moving train the which i wanted to bring up another reason that i selected this is when i saw that 2016 production and i was or 17 i don't remember locked and loaded i'm sitting i'm watching i'm like what the hell is happening a this is the only song that i was like i think i understand what's happening this is a cat (laughs) on a train and the choreo for this was incredible. They, they gave us everything. Train? They made a train. They made a little train. And I believe it's Victoria the White Cat. Yes. Whoever our was... uh, protagonist in the film, which of course we'll get to. Oh, interesting. Um, whatever, whoever she was, my God, she was giving us every inch of her body as she was like making the um, the the wheels turn. Yes. Like she was really giving giving us a minute five performance at minute 90. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. Because this is the most athletic show in the history of Broadway. Absolutely. It's unquestionable. Cats is more dependent on dance than like anything besides a chorus line. Exactly. Maybe West Side Story. And we're talking a maybe West Side Story. It is dance the show. And I appreciate how Cats as a musical, because it's so nonsensical because it's so non-linear it allows the actors to be the biggest hams that they've ever wanted to be there's that no you stakes cannot do it in Les Mis because yeah. it'll ruin continuity or stakes or tension cats has none of that each c- each song resets your ability to turn into a bananas character and it's glorious and i don't want every show to do that don't no. get me wrong but that a show like this exists, that it was as popular as it was, and it truly just allows an actor to be the worst ham they were always taught not to be, a Kevin Klein level ham, it's a beautiful thing. It's incredible. Now, I love it. Now, so we've completed Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. Uh, we have not talked about the film sensation of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, Soon Tao, Gross Avengers, Endgame, Cats 2019. <laughs> sure. So I'm sure you've uh, seen some things. Yes, I've seen the trailer multiple times. No one's just seen it once. You can't. You can't look away. Once you know it's there, <laughs> you have to keep coming back. 
Simply there for the sake, is. and I don't know if we've talked about, if you talked about this at all, but simply for the sake that, like, they've managed to make real people Uncanny Valley. Which you, is not supposed to be how that works. You're supposed to make fake people and make them Uncanny Valley. You're not supposed to grab a human person and drag them down into the valley. They dragged all of these people into the valley, we in are, my opinion. We are looking at the still image of Jennifer Hudson Cat, and it is... It is the Polar Express version of Jennifer Hudson Cat. These dead eyes. <laughs> and again, I've always thought it looks like she's a ransom note with just like pieces taped Stuck onto the face of the cat. It's upsetting. I also, and I'm sure you've discussed this, so I'm sorry to bring it up again, but the scale really bothers me. People cannot get away from the scale and the face, and I don't blame them. The scale really, really really upset me. I was very bothered by the scale. Yes. I I was just bringing up our future uh, 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 Skimble Shanks, Stephen McRae. I looked him up earlier because I thought we could come in with some info about him. I got nothing. He's got nothing. I think we've talked about him on a different episode of this show. I cannot remember which. Okay. But he is credited as like an actor and production designer, but all of his work is on like shorts. So let's not be tossing out titles wherever we feel like. I think I think he's just a dancer. I think, I think he's, a, he's dancer. a professional dancer yeah. who doesn't have these these credits that other people have. He doesn't IMDB for him barren wasteland. Truly. I also feel like in terms of, like, range, I don't think we ever need Scamble Shanks to be the most incredible singer. No. Because it is very, like, which is, really doesn't ask a lot of anybody. It's patter. It's like Rex Harrison level stuff. We love patter. You have to love a patter song. We stand patter. We stand patter. I love patter. Deceptively difficult, but also... Helps you get away without a lot of technical proficiency. Exactly. As long as you have charm and you have the ability to say the words. Precisely. I think that you uh, you give your audience an opportunity to go, oh, that was nice to get away from our narrative for a second. Sure. It was a, it was a fun uh, 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 escape. Exactly. We, we got away for a moment. Uh, Skimble Shanks, the railway cat, is the escape of the escape that is cats. Right. <laughs> it's an escape from the escape. It's an escape room. Within a separate escape room. Exactly. Um, Now, this brings up something that I like to talk about. And we are, we're, we're we're approaching the end in case you're uh, ready to go home. Because you came to me after getting off work, which I really appreciate. No problem. You did not have to do that. But I think that patter and characters like Skimble Shanks help emphasize something that I like to say about musical theater, which it's not all about singing talent. Yeah. You can get away with a lot of personality. Yes. And that's okay. I agree with that. Because I know a lot of very, like, talented, technically very proficient singers who are a real bore to watch on stage. They can hit those notes, but, like, you don't have the verve, you don't have the personality. Yeah. And that's... What's that? I agree. I have a thing floating around in my head, and I don't know if it's going to be too controversial, and it brings us a little bit away from cats. I recently saw a show that has had a lot of buzz around it, and I felt like we were 
there was a lot of technical proficiency in terms of singing for the most part and some underwhelming charisma. I have some ideas. Oh, please. But I don't think I ha- I don't I don't know. So, so here's the thing. There are two shows that this could be. Or there's many shows that this could be. One of them is my favorite thing that I've seen since I've lived in New York oh boy. for a decade. And okay. the other one is The Right Answer. Okay. And they're both, I think they have the same kind of buzz around them. Yes. Is one of them Be More Chill? No. I Damn haven't it. seen that. Damn it. Is one of them Town? Yes. Okay. Oh, what's the other one? Beetlejuice the musical? No. Uh, uh, that Out of Hell the musical? No. Oh, no. Oh, I'm getting some wagging fingers coming at me. You're so far away. You're so far away. This is fucking $10,000 So one of them is Hadestown, and one of them is something else. Oh, I don't know. I can't help you. Uh, Revival. Revival? Oh, it is a revival. Yeah. Cats? No. (laughs) Uh, this is, this is unnerving. I don't like this. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oklahoma! I know. Okay. So Oklahoma and Hadestown. Now, which one of those is the one that I love, and which one is the one that I think was completely underwhelming because of a lack of charisma? Okay, now I'm seeing some fingers, but you're mixing up the fingers like the guy with the balls underneath the coconut shells. Yes. I'm going to say that Oklahoma stealth great. Yes, I, oh! I loved it. I loved it so much. Oh, my God. Um, and people hate. People hate, and I loved. People... Now, do they hate this production of Oklahoma, or do they hate Oklahoma? They hate this production specifically of Oklahoma. Bull! I don't... Maybe I'm being too harsh on Oklahoma the musical. How could you possibly fuck that up to a great degree? Oklahoma Um, is baseline musical. It is. I think that when people go into Oklahoma, Uh, they expect, like, the first big, great American musical narrative... Sure. Rodgers and Hammerstein classic and that is not at all what it is they really turn her on her head and if that's not what you're interested in seeing you probably will hate it I don't know how many Oklahoma people who are buying tickets for Oklahoma want a deeply deconstructionist experience it's pretty deconstructionist wow and I loved it in fact I ran into the Judd Fry today on the sidewalk and I nearly passed out (laughs) I love it so much and so that means that the one that I found deeply lacking in any kind of personality and charisma was Hadestown. Wow. And I haven't seen either. So I am coming at this completely from a hype sure. point of view. So act two, Hadestown, we've got potential. And I, my Ooh. heart was in it. Act one of Hadestown was very much like, I'm this Greek god. Did you know I'm this Greek god? Don't forget, I'm this Greek god and this is my role. And the singing was good. The singing mm-hmm. was good, but it was just like, what is happening? There's nothing happening. Lock me into the drama. Yes. Lock me, find me some characters that I can latch on to. It's a real into the woods scenario. It is. Another musical I'm very attached to. Oh. We love Into the Woods. Let me tell you. Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Into the Woods. That was my Into the Woods joke. Into the Woods. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anything to get on the record about Cats? While I have you. Because we're coming up on plugs. Okay. I have a bet with a friend about the movie. In the preview, there is a cat that looks exactly like the wonderful friend, comedian, actor, Matt Gehring. Okay. And we, you cannot look it up. Okay. We were about to look it up. You can't look it up. Okay. 
So my I'm friend barred from my own laptop computer. My friend Brandon Zellman and I, shout out to Brandon Zellman, have a bet that if Matt Gehring is in this movie, then he owes me five dollars. Five whole dollars. Five whole dollars. American US? Yes. But the rule is if he looks on IMDB or asks Matt beforehand, he then also owes me five dollars. Wow. It's a it's a tantalus kind of situation. Exactly. So those are my final thoughts on the movie cat. I'm glad. <laughs> um oh, I almost forgot. It's a question we ask every episode. Oscar buzz for cats. Where do you how do you see now you haven't seen the movie, I haven't seen the movie. What are we thinking here? Because some people will say, nothing. It's going to be completely ignored. It's going to, to bomb at the box office. It's going to be forgotten as quickly as it came. I say, nay. I think this is going to be a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be huge. This is our Christmas movie. Yes. And we are, it's going to do Buku Dolores. But Nine was also our musical Christmas movie. Yeah, Nine... Okay, Cats is not a sequel to the Fellini movie Eight and a Half. Sure. Cats has that going for it. But uh, barely that. Cats is not Daniel Day-Lewis's musical debut. Cats... Is eight other people's musical debut. Fair. Including Jason Derulo. Do you think we're going to get a Jason Derulo name drop in this movie? Because I do. I think it's in his contract. I think it's in his writer. I hope so. That it has to be in there. If, here's my cue, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, is there an original song for the movie? Correct. Yes. There is? There is. That will get nominated, and it will get nominated for nothing else. That's what you're saying. Okay. That's what I'm standing on. That is a a unique one so far. You are are an outlier. No one has called that specific betting format. If I'm making the table, no one has done that specifically. We've had two... Sweeps. We've had two people say we're looking at a Titanic, Return of the King, a fucking a sweep. You say nay. They need to be <laughs> medically assessed. Nay, nay. Consult the record. Consult the archives of podcasts, and you can figure out who. Fine. And then you can call the mental institution. I think it's going to be a healthy showing. I think it's going to get a ton of noms. Maybe only walk home with like two awards. I think bafflingly, it is going to go home with like best visual effects. That is a it lie. It is baffling. It is bananas. It is absolutely going to happen. Okay. Because that is the kind of shit that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences loves to do. Because it does not want to give it to Avengers and Game. It doesn't want to give it to... I've already forgotten every other movie that came out this year. They don't want to give it to the... I mean, The Farewell's not going to get it. But they don't want to give it to, like, a big superhero movie. Sure. And as far as I know, there's not another, like big special effects based production coming to us later this year. You I, might be right, but I still think I really stand by this. It will only get nominated for best original song okay. and it will not win. Okay. That's so no wins. No wins. One, one nom. nom. That is harsh, but I can't, I can't say I disagree with you. Like that is a perfectly valid place to hold. I just think it's going to be way more insane than that. Okay. Well, come December, let's, Let's see how this unfolds. When I reunite all the guests of Bobcats for a big betting pool. Ooh, I'd be interested in that. Okay, we'll talk. I also have an idea for a Cats-based live show. But again, we'll talk. Not the musical Cats, a comedy show. But anyway, you were generous enough to come on the show. You were generous enough to lend your time to a stranger to come do the show. Now is your time where you can promote anything you want. You can get all your stuff out there. The floor 
is the spotlight is on. This is your cat song. Oh my god. Do whatever you want to do. I'm just gonna do skimble shakes again. No, you can see me every Friday at 8:30 at UCB Subculture with Bucky, my awesome improv team, and you can also see me every Monday at 9 p.m. with Rumple Teaser. That's a name drop for cats, but that's my musical improv team as well at UCB Hell's Kitchen. And then uh, once a month at Caveat, you can check out Current Ex Boyfriend, which is my other team. My personal favorite improv team. I love them so much. love Current Ex Boyfriend. Uh, I was introduced to all of, introduced, not formally, but saw you all when you dethroned the, the stepfathers at Cage Match. And it was a sight to behold. And it was a sight to remember. It was a fucking show, y'all. It was fantastic. Good job. I think I stuck it out through your run after that. I can't I can't recall, but let's say that I did. I would like to think that you did. <laughs> and I would that's like my to stuff. think that I did too. Fantastic. <laughs> and until next time, where we ponder those mythical jellical beings called cats, this has been Podcats. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's my train whistle for. That was a really good train whistle. Thank you. A plus. We are your grateful children. Please accept our sacrifice. All these years of this cruel joke. The best of our harvest going up in smoke. Pray for a future from these silent stony shells. How much more of this must we take? This is the morning we finally make a future for ourselves. But Cain. If it's God's will, is it God's will or have we all been conned? Brother, we will never know, we will never grow if we never go beyond. I never made this world. I didn't even lose it And I know no one said it was fair But they had a garden once They had the chance to choose it They gave it away, including my share And now we're lost in the wilderness Lost, crying in the wilderness And if anyone's watching, it seems they couldn't care less We're lost in the wilderness Follow all the rules, you swallow all the stories, and every night you wish on a star. Dreaming a day will come, trusting in allegories, and every morning, boy, look where you are. Lost in the wilderness, lost, slowly dying in the wilderness, with no chance of a living, boy, until you confess you're lost.
warning Running as we hit the ground Where our future lies a warning Where our hearts are outward bound Till one bright and distant morning We may stop and look around And there In the wilderness Finally we'll be found This has been a Talkback Podcast